This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Good, good news for the Bucks on the injury front. Why they practiced halftime. Tom Brady can't speak Portuguese, and Chris Archer is back, back with the Rays. And we'll get you uh, Nostradamus's Super Bowl prediction. That's right. Tom Jones will join us on this edition of Sports Day Tampa Bay. I'm Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times, along with producer. Steve Versnick, this episode is brought to you by Marina Bay in St. Petersburg. Luxury waterfront homes where sports fans and enthusiasts live and play. Marina Bay is a 60-acre gated community on Boca Siega Bay. All new construction is available now. Contact them at marinabaystpete.com or call 727-906-3300. All right, Steve, so it was my first day as a um, pool reporter. So you sat out by the pool, you played like the lifeguard, is that what you do out there? That's right. I report at the pool, yes. I bring my laptop, I sit out there, you know. That's where most reporters are doing their reporting at this point. Well, you can. This is how we're all covering the Super Bowl, quite frankly. But I got the privilege from the Pro Football Writers Association to be the only reporter who can actually watch practice, which is unusual because usually we only get like 10, 20 minutes or 20 minutes or so of special teams work. And then they shoo us off every day, and that's been going on for a year. It's the first practice I got to watch all the way through. It was like it really looked like football for a change. Um, but it was uh, it was a cool afternoon. I don't think it got much above fifty five degrees. Wind was blowing. It was a clear day. It was a beautiful day. And um, you know what? It, I, I was impressed. I started taking a role, and every single player, with the exception of Jason Pierre-Paul, who always takes Wednesday and sometimes Thursday off to give him sort of a maintenance day with his knee, they were all practicing. Now, some were limited. You know, some practiced half the practice for the most part. But it wasn't like, you know, they were, I mean, they were running around pretty good. And we have not, you know, we have not seen Antonio Brown since the Saints game, early in the Saints game. We had not seen, um, you know, guys like Jordan Whitehead who left in the NFC Championship game. He was in a a black non-contact jersey. So he was out there, but... Obviously, that shoulder is is not quite right, but yeah, all of them moved well. Antoine Winfield uh, was watching Levante David. Um, it was, uh, you know, it was good good work. And I'm not telling you anything that Bruce Arians didn't say after practice. I'm not allowed to give away trade secrets or anything like that. But uh, they'll have to see. And, and Bruce talked about this too. You know, sort of how Antonio's knee responds today, and um, you know, some of these other guys trying to come back. I mean, I think it's it's fairly obvious. I mean, if you have a chance to play in a Super Bowl, you're going to darn sure going to do everything you can to get your body back in shape and and you know have a pain tolerance for that. Winfield Jr. said on on the interviews you know yesterday that he goes, hey, I'm, "Look, I'm not miss. I'm 100 percent sure I'm playing." His dad would come down here and kick him in the rear if he didn't, um, having made a Super Bowl as his rookie season. So, uh, yeah, I thought uh, 
you know, I thought it was it was it was interesting and and Bruce Arians did something that I didn't really think about, but I think it's smart is that halfway through the practice, he pulled them off the field and they all went into the um the indoor facility and they basically sat a long time and stretched and do whatever they need to do because they're going to have a long halftime at the Super Bowl. You know, it typically the half times in the NFL are so quick. Uh, it may not seem like that at home, but by the time the last gun goes off at the end of the first half until they snap the ball again, you know, there's only 17 minutes. That's it. Um, and it's not a long time to get in there and get a drink and, you know, do whatever you have to do, change out things, whatever. Um, but in this case, they're going to have closer to a half hour. And so that's significant. You know, you're in there nearly twice as long. And Did they watch but, the weekend while they were in the practice facility today? <laughs> I don't or, know. You know. I don't know. Yeah, they could have played it in there, I guess. Um, certainly we weren't entertaining. There was no Frisbee dogs. There was nothing to watch. Uh, it's funny you mentioned that because when I was talking to Bruce, he goes, he goes, heck, man. He goes, the one in Detroit, he played in the Super Bowl or didn't play. He coached in the Super Bowl when Pittsburgh um, you know, beat Seattle in, in the Super Bowl in Detroit. And he goes, that thing was so long. He goes, we were eating lunch in there. He goes, there was people eating in there. He goes, I came out and sat on the bench and watched half of uh, the Rolling Stones, <laughs> whatever it was. A, I guess they were the halftime. Or I guess they were the halftime entertainment. You know, uh, can't get no satisfaction. So, yeah, it was. You know, it's it's still a little surreal, like to be watching football practice late into February. I mean, this is a long season, man. They're in week twenty-two. You know, week 22, man, that's a, gosh, it's just, and with all that's going on, the COVID and all that stuff, um, to to get to this point uh, well, it, is really remarkable. It really is amazing. And we learned tonight of the NHL, the Minnesota Wild have shut their team down for at least a week. The Sabres have, the Devils have, the Knights have. Yeah. Um, you know, we already knew that Carolina and Dallas did because the Lightning had games postponed and. You know, you look at the NBA's having some issues too. They're postponing a few games here and there, not quite as many as the NHL at this point. And the NFL made it through and didn't cancel one game. I mean, they had to move a few around and got a little creative with some Tuesday and Wednesday night games. Yeah, but for the most part, they didn't have to do it. They they got through it. I mean, you know, and I know, you know, you've said to everybody at the NFL is like, no, not till we're through the Super Bowl or we through it. But right, they don't want to jinx it. And but just to, to get to point, this point at that regard, at that point, at this pace, is incredible. Yeah, it's incredible. I don't, I don't know how they. I, and, and really, in the two teams that are in it, probably did the best job, to be honest with you. Um, but but did you see the story where um, Kansas City almost got completely like <laughs> ruined by a barber, mm-hmm. like? They literally got a, a test back while he was cutting a guy's hair, and they made him stop halfway through it. Um, so now they have these. Uh, Why would you let him start cutting hair until you get the test back? Well, I don't. I don't know because again, the timing. You know, the way these things work is that. Um, but if you're going to get them tested. Then why are you waiting? Why are you going before you get the results back? Well. <laughs> I, I don't have an explanation for it. I mean, like when I go and I get a test, like I did this morning, BioReference will send me uh, the result of it, usually late tonight or very early in mm-hmm. the morning. So depending on when the actual result comes back, you know, maybe I, I don't know. He's a good question. It's a fair question. You should know whether he, he's positive or not before you have him cutting people's hair. But apparently, he was on he was on tap to cut a lot of hair, including Patrick Mahomes. And my thing would be like, I know you want to look like, you know, nice and tight for the Super Bowl, I guess. Mm-hmm. But is this really the week to get a haircut? 
I mean, is this the week to take well, that chance? I mean, the barber may chance? have been giving him a free haircut for the the uh, the Mahomes raid and for insurance. Yeah, so, you know. maybe. Yeah, <laughs> could be. Maybe Jake from State Farm was there. I don't know. They're, they're going to need Jake if you, if Patrick Mahomes gets COVID. I can tell you that. But yeah, it was uh, Kansas City's been a little fortunate with that this week. That would have been. I, and I don't know what they would have done. We talked about this. I mean, they say they're going to play come come hell or. You know, whoever else has to play quarterback, but, um, but anyway, it it was uh, they're you know they're ahead of schedule. They put in the the offense last week, and this is sort of review for them. Um, so they're a few days ahead, but it you know they're just going to go through their regular week. I mean, it really does, with the exception of there being no reporters out there and a couple other things, it does feel a lot like a regular season week. Except then you you do you do for sort of realize that this is bigger. I mean, you got the Super Bowl decorated across the street, and then also, you know, it's just it's it's a little late to be playing football. I mean, we're we're well into February, well, well into February, we're a few days into February, and you just feel like you know the season's been it's it's long and and but and is it, only is it really that you know, long? I mean, you didn't have a preseason. Well, yeah, but you know what? I guess I mean it's I long. Guess, don't get me wrong, but I mean twenty two weeks in a you know twenty two weeks would just really. Well, two weeks off now because they had the week off between the Super Bowl and the championship game, but they did practice. It wasn't like it was totally off. But that's that's a that's a pretty good run, and, mm-hmm. and I guess well, it, it would be longer if you said they had had four four preseason games on top of it. Um, they did come to camp a little early, and they didn't play preseason games, or a little late. I'm sorry, and they didn't play preseason games. But everything that went on, I, I guess it's the fatigue of like mm-hmm. everything that went in the off season, like you know. They had the virtual draft, they had, you know, free agency was virtual. There's so much going on. And with this franchise with Brady in particular, he sucks a lot of oxygen out of the air. And, you know, well, all the workouts at Berkeley, we forgot those. Yeah. I mean, I was getting up at, you know, 530 in the morning going out there trying to find those guys. And it wasn't easy. And um, I didn't have a helicopter like Channel 13 did after they after I found them. But, you know, I, I, I think that, I don't know, it. I was talking to some of the the guys in the, um, like John Spytek, right? He he uh, he was with Denver before he came here as the director of player personnel, and he, you know, it's just he was saying is like you know it's so hard to get to this game, and they went to two with with uh, with with you know Peyton Manning, and they thought mm-hmm. they were going to win the first one. The first one seemed more winnable against Seattle uh, in New York City, and because Peyton had had a good year. You know, he had thrown a lot of, like, 50 – he threw a ton of touchdown passes and everything. Had the bad snap early in the game. And then Denver mm-hmm. just – it was not a – it was not one a contest. Denver just caved them in. I mean, they they destroyed the Broncos in that game. And then they, they were fortunate because they were able to get back there and Peyton wasn't nearly what he needed to be. And, and the defense took over that game and sacked Cam Newton like six times and got four turnovers and, and they, they beat Carolina uh, to win it. But you know, there's there's nerves over there. It's like you know, if you're a front office person, if you're a general manager, if you're a head coach. I mean, you know, Bruce Arians didn't be a head coach till he's sixty, and you know, hasn't been to a Super Bowl as a head coach until now. He's sixty nine, and he's got to be thinking, man, I you know, this is it. Like, I need to win this. There's no even with Tom Brady. There's no guarantee you're going back. A year from now, and and um, well, you've always said, Rich McKay says, when you get to this well, game, you better win. Gotta it. win it. You better win it. You don't want to see those hat and t-shirts ads for the next six weeks. You know, hey guys, get your Kansas City Chiefs Super Bowl 
55 t-shirts and hats just like they were on the field during their celebration. You see all the plays and it's just you don't you don't want to go there. So and the Bucks are one for one in Super Bowls. We'll see if they can keep it going and see if they can, you know, I mean obviously the Buffalo Bills <laughs> not so lucky. Um where well, they lose four in a row. The, the yeah, yeah, in a row. I mean really. Uh, Minnesota Vikings I think have lost that many. Some teams that that uh, have been there but didn't win. And um you know, now they got a chance to go to their second one. If you win this, I mean, another Lombardi in the in the lobby, man, it would be it would be something. But um but yeah, it's uh you know, it's it's interesting and I credit I credit all of them for getting through it. I mean, it it takes a team effort and Mike Greenberg who's handled all the logistical nightmares. I mean, there's so many people in that organization that are responsible for it that you know, you uh you can't even begin to name, but now it's down to one game. Um, and the game, I think, is going to be determined, you know, by the offense and defensive lines of both teams. And it know, usually I, I is. Really, it usually yeah, is. I really, I really do feel like the Bucks have an advantage. I, I just, you know, I look at I look at Kansas City and their injuries. I know how hard it is to replace your starters. Most teams don't have, you know, five good offensive lens, linemen. Must let must let's um, having ten, and um, you know, they continue to have to shuffle pieces around. And, look, the Bucks are playing well up front. I mean, you talk to Jason Pierre-Paul or, you know, having Vita Vea back, it just seems – and I don't know what Mahomes will do. He'll run around. He'll run backwards. He'll make plays. I mean, they get – you know, they're going to have to come up with a new plan for Tyree Kill. And, you know, then you got – you know, Kelsey can beat you. And, and there's there's no doubt that the, both teams are going to score. It's just who's going to turn the ball over, um, you know, who's going to get after the other team a little bit on defense. And, uh, you know, I, I don't really have the answers to that. But if the Bucks get back Winfield and if uh, Jordan Whitehead's able to play, and, and it, if Antonio Brown is right, like if he's quick off the ball, if he's got everything he had when he went out before the knee injury, that just helps them, man. I mean, and I like Scotty Miller, and he, made, he can still come in and make big plays. Um, but Antonio Brown – has been there, done that. You know, Tom trusts them. It's a lot of things you can do with them, ends arounds. You know, this is just a lot of different pieces he's shown when he was playing well before the knee injury. And, you know, we'll see. I mean, that was the whole purpose of getting him out there. You know, Arian said he wanted to wanted to really work him for about half the practice and then just, like, see how the knee responds, you know, today. And if it's good, um, I don't see any reason why he wouldn't be a big part of their game plan and just another weapon for – you know, for the Bucks to use against the Chiefs, who who have given up rushing yards. You know, their defense is not the strength of their football team, um, and you know, I, th- I think they can. They proved, you know, in the last game, they could in the second half they can move the ball on them. So we'll see, man. We are we are T minus. What is it? Uh, how many days? We got Thursday. Today's two Thursday, days. So. Well, no, three, three. This is Thursday, Thursday Friday, I'll Saturday. Track how many right? Days, yeah, yeah, I know. So Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and then the game. Yep. And um unfortunately it looks like the weather's gonna be bad. Yeah. It's like rain. It's not the uh the uh Chamber of Commerce weather we were promised. No, it's not. I don't know what's gonna happen, but it's gonna be sloppy, whatever it is. Um maybe not cold but rainy, wet. It's kind of a raw day in Tampa and um that's too bad because all week long it'll be perfect football weather and then you get to the darn game and you know, here it comes. But We'll see. Maybe that front will move slower or faster or whatever it has to do to get out of there. But, um, you know, for right now, uh, you can't worry about that. You just got to prepare. 
And this segment is brought to you by Murata, where life is like a staycation every day. Contact them at MuradaStayK.com. So I, I don't know if you caught uh, Brady on the uh, on his call or his interviews today or on, what was it? I, I guess it would have been Wednesday. So he he was mentioning, you know, his family is out of town. Like he's had, he's going to have like 12 days of repair. Um, and they've gone out of uh, the country, I believe. But, um, you know, Giselle, I mean, they, they all like her, some of her kids speak Portuguese. I guess one of them speaks it like fluently almost. And another one is very good. And so around the house, um, they make fun of Tom because his, he can't speak very well. He can understand it. And I can relate with his problems. Except my kids don't really speak it all that well, if all, if it, if at all, because you know they didn't learn uh, Greek. My wife is Greek, and but but you do pick up things and you know what they're saying, and usually when they're talking about you, you know that too. Um, and and but but Brady, it was a cute moment when he was talking about how his his daughter speaks it really well, and then Tom will attempt to say something, and she's like, "Daddy, you're speaking Portuguese," <laughs> and. Um, <laughs> You know, it it was just a it's a side of Tom. I mean, he is a and this is true. Like when you talk to his coaches, when you talk to people that know Brady, first of all, never met a teammate that had anything bad to say about him. He's you know for a superstar, is one of the more humble guys, um, caring all that stuff. And then um, you know this, the other side of him is is the family part. Like he is a doting father, got a couple of dogs. You know, uh, of course we know about his wife and you know, her career and everything like that. But, um, uh, but, but he's let, he's let people kind of see his, you know, his, he's let us into his family a little bit, which is cool, you know, talking about his kids. And, um, and of course his mom and dad will be there. Uh, they're coming in and yeah, so it was, it was neat talking. And also, uh, not only that, but you know, you see where Bruce Arians, what his mom's like 90, what is she? 96, 95, something like that. She's coming down from Pennsylvania. To watch, wow. uh, she got the vaccine Bruce. yet? Do we know? I don't know that. I, I, w- I don't. I don't know that. I would assume, but um, they're they're going to send a plane for her, and then um, several of Bruce's siblings, I guess, are going to come too. Okay, great. Um, so she's coming down. Yeah, it's remarkable, you know, that uh, well, that she'll get to see her son coach the Super Bowl yeah. uh, in person. So I know your boy RG is in town with his family. He's going I, to be I inside scoop he's that here. he's already, he's no, he's here already here. I, I already, Oh, he's here. Okay. He is well, here. Yes. Well, you might not see him out and about because uh, he's not allowed to, um, when I was talking to one of the NFL guys, they have to eat all their meals in their room, and they have to eat them alone. They can't be with other people. I don't know if that includes family, but if you do eat out, uh, you have to eat outside someplace, and you have to be, by, again, by yourself. So there's a lot of restrictions for the NFL, for the people that are down here. They've taken over... You know, they built that new JW down there by the Emily and then uh, the Marriott Waterside. So they're kind of in both places over there in the NFL. So if you're around, yeah. So you might run into RG. That would be cool. Be yeah, cool. he is in town. So he's he has what, his giving his State of the uh, Union or whatever, the State of the League correct. address this afternoon. I'm glad you reminded me of that because i got to let Brian McCarthy know who's covering that for us <laughs> as I sit here. Uh, but, yeah, it's going to be he's going to do that outside in the Budweiser Pavilion. Yeah, the Emily Arena. Out- they're going to do yeah, that. So. Yeah. Outdoor, outdoor press conference, which uh, will be limited to fourteen or sixteen reporters. But always good to hear from him. And the state of the the state of the NFL is great. He'll he'll rave about Tampa and you know all the healthcare workers and the people that are getting to go. And the NFL will do a good job. They'll turn this into um, 
you know, sort of a real salute to those people. And it'll be cool. It'll be emotional. Uh, I just, I know how they do these things. I remember, um, I believe after 911, I think we were in New Orleans, if I'm not mistaken. And um, at one point at halftime, at the top of the dome, unfurled all these banners with every name of everyone that was lost in those uh, in those uh, hijackings. And it was really emotional. And the NFL is just, they're really good at, at um, moments like this, you know. Um, so I'm sure there will be again. This segment of the podcast is brought to you by Breitling Boutique. Breitling Boutique is an international plaza. You know, it's one of only 15 in the United States. They have welcomed championship quarterbacks, Hall of Famers, and championship boxers as clients. But they treat everyone the same, and they will treat you great when you come in as well. Tell them that Rick and Steve sent you, and you will get a free Breitling cap just by trying on one of these beautiful Swiss time pieces at Breitling Boutique International Plaza. Okay, Tom Jones joins us now, and uh, Tom, we'll talk a little Super Bowl, a little football here in just a second, but first, uh, I wanted to talk about your boy, um, the guy you've been asking for to come back from from your city, Pittsburgh, because I know what a Pirate fan you've been, and it was hard watching him go there, and will be not as hard watching him come back. Chris Archer, the Archman. Chris Archer. Archie. I, I will say one of Back my favorite people I've ever covered. Like he actually is a good thoughtful. Good dude. He's good a good quote. dude. Yeah, yeah, good guy. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> let me just go. ask you, like, uh, just surfacely, like, if you're if you're signing Chris Archer, is this a is this a team that is going to the playoffs and deep in the playoffs? If 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 he is actually one of your options to be a starter, well. I mean, I, how can we say how can we say they're not going to be a playoff team? They're always in contention. I mean, right? We got to trust the process, all that. They won ninety games every year since they I said do. they were going to lose a hundred. I think it's like four years in a row. But I mean, basically, what they've done now with this pitching staff is they they've taken away Blake Snell and Charlie Morton and replaced, and replaced them with them. Michael Waka and and Chris Archer. Waka Waka. So I'm not yeah I'm not sure I like that trade. I, I'm not sure I'd make that trade. Yeah. But they just did. But you know, Chris Archer, it's such a weird thing, Rick. I mean, at this point, is he like he is who he is at this point, right? I mean, he's he's been the same guy he's always been, and he's always going to be that same guy. And the thing was, when we saw him younger in his career, earlier in his career when he was younger, he we we saw these flashes of greatness, and we thought, you know, someday he's going to put it all together and he's going to be a superstar. But now he's thirty-two. Like yeah. that day's not coming. Like he, no. Like what you see, that's who he is. And he's a five hundred pitcher. Surgery. He's he's coming off an injury, injured season. It's not necessarily Tom John or anything like that, but um, you know, I, I, I wonder what he's got left and I and I wonder, you know, I, I suppose they'll put him in the starting rotation. I'd like they to see the guy to. They, I'd like to see the guy throw out of the bullpen, to be honest with you. I think they need innings and that's why they're bringing no, him in no. here. But look, Rick, you're gonna get what you've always got out of him. He's gonna he's for every 10 starts, he's going to give you one that's lights out. Mm-hmm. Great. And then he's going to have one where he just gets bombed. And then the other eight are going to look the same. Like, right? Yeah. Five, six innings. Five and a third. Uh, seven hits. More. Yeah. Four, Four runs. Walks. Five walks. Yeah. yeah. Uh, 112 pitches. Maybe in nine strikeouts. Right. And he's going to, like you say, he's going to be up trailing four. when he leaves the mound. He's too, gonna, well, he's, he's going to give up five runs. And so you're either going to win that game. Six five, or you're going to lose it five, five four. four. Mm-hmm. You know, but it's always going to be that that five. 
I watched him pitch the best game I think I've ever seen him throw in Chicago at Wrigley Field mm-hmm. for the Pirates when he got traded there against Joe Madden's team. And the dude was balling. Like, he he had all three pitches, whatever it was, slider, fastball working. And I think they may have gotten two hits, right? And he's like he's like deep in the game. He's like in the eighth inning. I'm like, man, this guy's dealing. And guy gets on on a walk. It's one nothing, by the way. Guy gets on on the walk. Next guy. He's up one nothing or down one nothing. He's up. He's, he's up one nothing. They're like in this in the freaking eighth inning. Yeah. Guy gets on on a walk. Kind of borderline pitch, whatever. Goes three two on him because he's going three two on everybody. Gets on on a walk. Next guy up. <sighs> Gone. He walks off the mound two to one and loses. Yeah. And it couldn't have been. He could not have pitched better. And I'm like, even when he even when he pitches lights out, he doesn't win. It's like, what is it? Whatever it takes for Chris Archer. But I look. Yeah, just he, good enough to get you beat almost. Isn't yeah, it? It and you know like. he may have missed the good Rays years, right? Because they were losing a lot of games, and then they traded him. How about this deal? You trade Chris Archer, and you get Tyler Glass now, and you get Austin Meadows and another great person pitching prospect, and Chris Archer. Yeah, so. <laughs> well, that's maybe the goal here if Pittsburgh, although they fired their GM, I believe, in the meantime, but is to sign Archer, let him pitch a month, and then trade him back to Pittsburgh for whoever their <laughs> top two prospects, prospects are. There yeah, you go. Well, just give us your next two. That's right. Hey, who, hey, who moved hey. up? But I look, Rick. I I think he's a uh, like I said. I think he's a good dude. I I think he almost suffered. He reminds me a little bit of if and the old Lightning fans will remember this. It's a guy by the name of Chris Gratton. Who I was, remember Chris Gratton. Yeah, yeah. Chris Gratton was a first-round pick of the Lightning in their second year. So I think he, he was like the number three overall pick. And he was one of those guys who had a solid NHL career. But you look back at it as a disappointment because he was the third overall pick. They overdrafted him. Yeah. They over, But if if they had taken him in the fourth round, because the guy player. ended up playing like – he would have played like 12 or 15 years in the NHL. Great career, yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's a good – he made a, a good – Living in the yeah. National Hockey League. Yeah, he did. But that's almost like like Archer. You look at Archer his first couple of years, and we all project him like, oh, this guy's going to be a – he's going to be either a he's one David or Price. two someday. Yeah, he's right-handed David Price. Right. Know? He's going to be the ace of the staff. Well, he never was the ace of the staff. He was more your number three or four guy. Well, there's nothing wrong with that if you pitch 12 years in the league no. as a number three or four, yeah. more like a number four. Well, and that's who he is. And so right. – and that's who he is still. He's – Mm-hmm. If you're expecting him to come in and and be a top of the rotation guy, I think your expectations are too high. But I mean, yeah, I mean, I always said you know McDonald's. I mean, they're you know king of the fast food hamburgers, right? But Burger King makes money. Yeah, you know, sure. so does Wendy's. So mm-hmm. you know, I, I you know that it's you I know one year McDonald's. six million dollars, and I get it. People look at it and say, well, they they. There were other six guys million that, seems like a, a lot of dime for him. I mean, he must have had options, right? I mean, to get six million. Well, I think the Rays are out of options. That's the problem. Like they're looking around, and they, yeah. you know, some of the guys they were interested in, right? The, they couldn't they either through trades or other free agents. I, you know, I still look back, and I, I, I can be interested in talking to Topkin. I'm sure you will at some point. If they knew what was going to happen with Snell, like it was all going to turn out like that, and they were going to trade that deal was going to come along, would they have? Would they have tried harder to re-sign Morton? Like, would they have made the extra effort? Would you have know, spent because, the extra? I mean, Snell was in their control. They didn't have to trade him. Right? Well, I know, I mean... but then I think a deal came along that they couldn't pass up. I think they looked at that deal and said, "This is this is too good to yeah. to pass." But I wonder if 
if they would have traded Snell before they made the decision on Morton, if the decision on Morton would have been the same. Because you could have taken Probably. I'll tell you why it would have been, Tom. Because, I mean, at the end of the day, this is a business. And, and I don't care if you're talking about football because the Bucks are going to have to go through this. You you have to assign value to players. Like, you can't just say, well, we're going to lose him. So, therefore, Charlie Morton is worth $15 million when he's really a $5 million or $7 million player. But to us, we're going to pay 15 because we lost that guy. You just can't do that. Like, No, I think you're right. You know and I, mean? I think that happened a few years ago when it, when um, – Carl Crawford left, and I think they, oh, looked, yeah. they wanted. They'd love to have Carl Crawford, and they just realized, like, no, we he's we love him. He's we, not we, worth he's that. Not that player. He's know? not that player. Now he's that amount of money in Boston. Boston could afford him, and and yeah. that money made sense, right? But for here, like we and I've said this time and time again, the money that they were going to pay him, he had to be their best player, and he was no longer their best player, right? So um, I don't know. I I, I just. They're now at a point where they they need innings. They need somebody to come in and throw some innings. And Tyler Glasnow is going to have to take a take another step. I'm a little worried about Glasnow. I don't. Know. I'm not sure. Be... I mean, I like the way he pitched for a lot of the year, and even in the postseason at times he looked okay. But I'm a little concerned. You don't he's think gonna he's going to have to be the ace? Consistent, he be... or he can't be the ace? Yeah, or... I don't know. I don't know if he's an ace. I, and Are I they going to get? They uh, need him to be. Is Brent Honeywell got a chance to come back? Yeah, I, I, but not right away. I'm not sure. Again, Poor guy eventually. Still. Oh, you know, in the, he's he's a part of their future for sure. But he's coming off. You know, he's coming off surgery, and and it's interesting too, Rick. Like these guys last year, they were they didn't play basically. A lot of these guys, you know, right? Either for injury or because there were no minor leagues or. It'll be really hard for them to repeat what they did a year ago. I mean, I you know that's and that's the thing when you're when you're the Bucks or the well, when you're the Rays, not the Bucks. When you I'll talk about them in a minute. But when you're the Rays and you get as far as they got, somehow if you're going to go to six games, somehow you have to take down the Giant. You just do, you know. And you wonder, Tom, if if and they may be in the World Series again one day. I don't know that's going to be this year, but you know, will they always be facing the same? sort of scenario where you somehow you beat the Yankees or you, you know, you beat whoever is, is next on the, on the tree, um, you know, whoever it is. And then you get to the world series and you just like, you just never are going to have enough juice. You're never going to be able to, you know, the Dodgers are one of the richest teams in baseball and one of the most talented for a reason. Are they always going to meet up with that team that just has big payroll, big money, you know, no, I mean, yeah. it could. They could. Although I look back at that, I mean, they they took it to six games. I realized I know. They, one of those games was the crazy Brett Phillips end of the game. But play. that's okay. I mean, but you that counts. Those can, pull those out runs a crazy count. Game like that. I mean, and yeah. hey, Kevin Cash will forever be known as the guy that took Chris Archer out when Chris Archer was pitching as well as he ever had. But Blake Snell. Or Blake Snell. I said Chris yeah. Archer. I get Chris Archer. My Blake Snell was so. You know. I, I no, I I hear you, and and it's and maybe that goes to a game seven if if he sticks with them another inning or so. We'll never know. But you're right; it's it's always going to be a question. They're always going to have to sort of sew this thing together each and every year. But so far, they they've kind of done that. And I don't know. I look back at last year, and I I don't. Was there anybody that you look back and said, "Well, it's going to be hard for that guy to have another year like that"? Like I, I think everybody had pretty normal seasons. It's not like. You know, Austin Meadows, like except for the greatest player on the planet, and when he just came in, and just like a Rosarina. Just, oh, that's nowhere. true. But I mean, that was you know, he had three weeks, and it, he maybe he maybe he's he'll be the player 
Does he do it for six months, though? I don't know. Well, probably not. But yeah, not that hot. Not at that pace, but but I don't know. He looks like a real deal. Does so. to me. We'll see yeah. what Wander Franco's all about and all of that. Exactly. So. Yeah, there we go. Meanwhile, your Tampa Bay Lightning finally started playing some games, Tommy. They they had a lot of this Worried COVID going this on. Worried about this NHL season, man. Yeah, it looks like every team is going through it, man. Yeah, games are getting canceled and postponed. They're already jamming it in a short schedule. I think it reminds me of baseball a little bit. It early does. Last year. It does. But the problem with the problem with hockey too is like you got to get these games in because it's you can't really base it on. You can't have a situation where one team's playing. 56 games and another team's playing. But wasn't is, isn't that what the NFL would have done? I know they didn't have to, but like doesn't there come a point where you say, look, we, we, all the traditional rules and everything are gone. Like you want to look, look what the college football did, right? So college football, they had a team in Ohio State that had played 5 games. Basically, right? Something, something like, like yeah. 5 or 6 five games. 5 or 6 or something. Like and that. and but I mean a, a hell of a lot less than Clemson, Clemson and right. Alabama and, you know. But they said all right, well, we're going to change the rules. We're going to make them eligible for, you know, the championship, Big Ten championship, whatever. And if they win and they get voted in, everybody thinks the eyeball test says they're the best, they're the best. I don't think you can get too caught up in records and things. I mean, this team plays more games, but this team didn't play as many. I mean, how many less, right? Yeah, but, I mean, the thing with the NHL is, like, we base it on points. That's how you I know. That's how you I make know. the playoffs. And point, not, it's and not points winning percentage. Point. If you or, don't play, you don't get points, obviously. And, yeah. And there are situations, I'm sure, where there are teams that are just trying. You almost play like late in games. You're playing just to hang on to get to get a point to yeah. get a point. So your strategy changes if, if in those situations. And um, you know, and it's not like it's not like college football where you'd say, "Well, the Lightning only played 40 games, but we know they're better than Columbus right. or whatever." You know, I yeah, I'm a little worried about it because we're starting to see games get. Games get canceled, and all of a sudden you start to get a backlog. Now, I suppose, I mean, what's the time deadline? I mean, if you have to go know. a few weeks later than you planned on, that's okay. I mean, they finished the season last year when in like December. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what time it was. I have it lost all track of time. What now? What month is it now? It's amazing it's to me that the football season got. That's the only way I've been able to keep track of time. Is football over the last year is through football season? The yeah, NFL. It's particularly the NFL season. Like, even college football was all out of whack. But that's the only way I've been able to keep track of time. Otherwise, I would not know it's February. Mm. But they did have, even the NFL had its, you know, they had Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday games. It was all over the place. And <laughs> It was like the it's like the Michael's wife and the Godfather. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, <laughs> Friday, Thursday. Yeah, every day. That's the way the NFL goes. I still can't believe we're here, that we've made it. Through an entire pandemic-ridden season, and they're going to play a Super Bowl, allegedly. Um, it's funny. I've talked to some of the NFL people in town, and they've all been like, uh, and I've always said, well, you made it. And they're like, no, no, don't say Please don't say that. Please. <laughs> One more, man. Roger Goodell said, he goes, we haven't made this. Don't count you. Until we're on that plane, and that trophy has been handed out, and we're on our way back to New York, this thing is not over. Don't anybody let your guard down. Like, they're pe- they're petrified about what's going to happen if they can just get to Sunday, right? I mean, oh, it's yeah. incredible. Well, I mean, I think once kickoff. The game's going to be weird, though, Rick, because you've been at these things. Just the fanfare and the flyover and the fireworks. I They're guess doing they'll, that. They're doing the flyover. They'll still do all that stuff, but it'll seem weird 
Well, there's a cardboard. There's third. There's going to be a total of about twenty five thousand. Okay, if you include the suites and everything, they have cardboard cutouts, Tom, everywhere. I don't know if you bought one of these or if you could, but they filled up the stadium with those things. Seriously. So I don't know how it's going to look aesthetically. How are we looking on weather, man? We going to get some thunderstorms. It's iffy, man. You should call your weatherman. Who's your weatherman? I like. Yeah, I got a couple of guys. I like Paul Delgado. Uh, Paul Delgado and yeah. Dennis Phillips. So I like both of those. You I like, like Steve Jervy. Steve Jervy's a good dude too. Yeah, Phillips is a good mm. dude. Yeah. Yeah. I like so him. I mean, I was listening to a report. I'm not sure who did it, but they were saying they've got basically they're working with two forecasts, and the reason that is is because they're weatherman and they, they the weather changes. I always wanted a job, by the way, where you didn't. My dad used to say that. Yeah, I can be wrong half the time, and no one cares. But uh, I'd go out there and say, hey, 50% chance of rain. And if it rains, what? I told you it's 50%. You go either way. Um, but there's a front that's coming through, but it might, like it could stall just below us. And it's supposed to come kind of in sometimes Sunday-ish. And if it sags back to the north or Saturday, if it sags back up north, we could get rain and 25 hour winds and just be kind of nasty or it can stay down and we just have kind of a colder day with a little bit of wind but yeah it's like the one day like this time of year you usually get one maybe two days where the a front's coming through and then once it sails through it's fine and wouldn't you know that super bowl sunday is that day so yeah. if you're the bucks are you, are you good i don't know that i'm that i'm upset about the chance of rain and bad because now, you if you get thunderstorms, kills going to be slower. Is that what you think? Or yeah, like Mahomes likes to run around. You know, it's yeah, I think wet grass, can, wet ball. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe I, I don't know. I mean, now it could be type of storm where like everybody, you know, please cover up, yeah. cover up, and we're going to shut the game down. For it's a good, while. It could be. It's likely to be this. It's likely to be windy, which will affect not as much the passing game, although at times, but also the kicking game for sure. And those and in close games, those are always big. You just don't want to see it rain. Like the I think the last Super Bowl we talked about on the last podcast, I saw rain was in Miami when Prince was out there playing Purple Rain in the rain. Right. And um, typically, it wouldn't dare rain on Super Bowls these days. But you know, it is in the forecast, and you know they got to go play. So it'll be it'll be something to watch. You got a prediction on that game, by the way? Yeah, Have absolutely. Kansas City, no doubt about it. Really. <laughs> Well, I have to say that, man, because I picked. Did you pick him to lose? I picked the, the Saints. I picked them to, to lose to both. I picked them to beat Washington. I picked them so to lose the Saints and Green Bay. So did and, I. And and people will say, I can't believe you. Listen, I tell people all the time, you don't want me to pick your team to win. That's what I'm saying. That's what uh, I'm if saying. I was a good gambler, I would not be doing a podcast. Or if I did, it would be from the Las Vegas, you know, Mike Tyson. Um, what was the name of that movie? The um, not the, the Hangover? The Hangover Suite. That's where I'd be. Yeah. Oh, we'd Coming to be a hangover. It'd Caesar's be a hangover Palace. suite. No, no thought <laughs> yeah. about it. Oh, it'd be hangover, We'd wake up yeah. with missing teeth and stuff, yeah. Mm-hmm. Tattoos on our face, but... Uh, Baby I, in the other room, yeah. <laughs> it's for sure. Uh, okay, so I'm picking Kansas City for two reasons. One, because I don't want to take the blame. Because you ate the Bucks. No, that's No, because... <laughs> oh, three reasons, sorry. Uh one, I hate the Bucks. Two, I don't. You want... You know, Dirk Cutter's not coaching, right? He's now BA. Dirk retired. I heard you. He did. He's going back to. Oh, going back. Pocatello. <laughs> he wants to watch the leaves change. <laughs> he does. I'm going to start crying here in a minute. What? I'm serious. Uh, Look, I know. When he when he got fired from the Bucks, um, before he got fired, and it was inevitable. I asked him, um, <laughs> any plans after this? And um, 
he had told actually I've confronted him with the fact that he had told people on his staff that he's retiring after the Bucks were gonna fire him. And I said, Derek, I heard you've told some assistants. He goes, Yep. Um, you know, I've lived I've coached thirty six years, whatever it was at that time. And he goes, You know, I've never seen the leaves change in this name the town Iowa or Idaho Idaho, I guess. Uh and I go, Really? I go, they must be spectacular. He goes, I just want to see him change one time before I go. So sure enough, he's going to go see the Leafs change. But then Atlanta stepped in, and then they paid him on top of his offset, which the Bucks didn't honor. So he was making like I don't know bank. Um, but yeah, he's done. And I, you yeah. know what? Hey, good for him. Like here's what like, Dirk Cutter's in fairly good shape. I think he's had knee replacements, some things. But like his kid plays at Missouri now. I think as a wide receiver, um, he's got great kids, great family. He's still able to move around and and travel and do things. He's got all the money in the world, right? How much money do you need? So I'm jealous of people that can do that. Oh, for sure. And You know, he strikes me as one of those guys, Rick, you know him better than I do. I can almost see, like, ESPN showing up, like, four years from now because he's coaching some high school team or some JV team. Yeah, he's he's still coaching in Idaho. There was a high school coach at Pocatello. I, I wouldn't be surprised. But yeah. so anyway, so I'm, pick, I'm I'm picking the I'm picking the Chiefs because one I hate the Bucks. No, I don't. <laughs> Two, but no, exactly. seriously, one I I don't want to get blamed by Bucks fans because that if they're pick them. crazy like that. You don't want to have to move they're, to Boston again. Thank you. They're pick, damned if you do, and you're damned if you pick don't. Pick the Lightning to lose to Boston. Everybody told me to move to Boston. Uh, but the other reason I actually do think Kansas City will win this game, I just think really? that yeah, I think that offense is unstoppable. I I don't know how you stop it. Between Kelsey and Hill and Mahomes, they got some like guys. But you know, I would say this: um, their offensive line. I, I'm, I marvel at the fact that they're still playing because they've lost every guy, right, off that offensive line, and then lost more in Eric Fisher, and now Mike Remmers, who was playing right tackle, I think he's go to left tackle or vice versa. I mean, they're down. Like nobody has any depth on the offensive line. I mean, if I told you, okay, what if I told you? What if I told you that the Bucks were going to lose Ryan Jensen, okay, uh, Donovan Smith, um, Tristan Wirfs, and Alex Kappa? Oh, it'd be a nightmare. And they're going to play everybody who backs them up in the Super Bowl. Who wins? Oh uh, yeah, no, I, I understand where you're coming from. Here's well, guess the thing, what? Though. That's what Kansas City's facing. That's what can't. But but that's I will. Got. That's what they got, and it'll. And there's no way, there's no scheming you could do to fix that, although scheming helps. And I think Andy Reid knows that. He's had two weeks to get ready for that scenario. Yeah, he's going to move the pocket. He's going to throw shorter passes. He's going to get the ball out of his hands. Right. But at and some point. It's not like, it's not like now, now you hope those all, all the guys who are in there stay healthy if you're well, Kansas yeah. City. But if guy. they, it's not like losing three guys in the middle of a game. Where you're like, oh, no, 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 they've practiced and they've done some stuff. But again, I, you know, find me a team that is too deep on the offensive line, right? No, I they're mean, not. Aaron, they're, Aaron no, Stinney's has... playing right guard and he, he's he been in the league three years, you know. And look, you're always – and coaches will tell you this. It's like, first of all, everybody on the team is an NFL player, okay? They're sure. all NFL players. Secondly, you're kind of – even though you hate for a player to get hurt, but you're kind of excited to see somebody get their opportunity and play. And so, like, Aaron Stinney's from James Madison, right? And he's been in the league about two, three years, and now he's starting and blocking for Tom Brady in the Super Bowl. What a story, right? Sure. 
What an unbelievable story. The biggest game this guy played was against Youngstown State. Yeah. You think this one's bigger? Um, so, you know, there's there's always, you, you know, no matter who gets hurt, the next guy in is an NFL player. Right. But let's not kid ourselves. There's no, a I reason why I, you wouldn't want to play without Donovan Smith and Alan Marpet and sure. Ryan Jensen and Tristan Warps. Like, there's a reason why you don't want to lose those guys. Same thing with Kansas City. They, they, there's no way they can be as good as they were the last time they played. And furthermore, I think the Bucks are better on defense. In fact, Villavea didn't play against them in November. So start with that big guy that played 33 snaps last week. I, I think the game's won or lost up front. I still think football is a, you know, is is, is winning the trenches type game. But could be wrong. So and I'm not might, picking so the you're, Bucks. You're not. You're look. You're but you're I'm not telling me why the pick, Bucks. But could I'm win. telling you why. How I think they win. I think Shaq Barrett and JPP have a field day, and I think Vita Vea pushes that pocket right back into his lap, and then they've just got to be very aware, especially J- Jason Pierre-Paul, who's on that left side because he's going to roll right. If they can contain him and make him step up, because if he steps up, he's going to hit Vea. But if you let him outside, if you lose contain, he can do anything. He can run. He can throw. Do all that stuff. But if they can hem him in, yeah, I think I think Kansas City's going to be a little surprised. This defense is really playing confident right now. No, the defense is good. Uh, they the Hill's amazing, job. and everybody used everything you said is true. Yeah, those just, two guys boy, are unstoppable so good. in many they're ways. They're so good. They're just so good. The thing that the thing that Mahomes does that no quarterback I've ever seen do ever. Okay, and this is what's got to be just completely like eviscerates the pass rushers. It's like they will beat their guy off the ball. They will get around the block. They will be heading to the pocket. And Mahomes will just continue to retreat straight backwards. Like they're chasing him. He's not running right or left. He's just backpedaling 15, 20 yards, and then throws a ball about 50 yards in the air on a dime. Never seen a quarterback do that. Like there's avoiding the rush, but then there's like retreat. And he'll just back up. That's all he'll do. Right. All right, Tommy, thanks for two good shows. Hey, uh, how do we uh, reach you at uh, pointer.org? Just that way. Go to pointer, P-O-Y-N-T-E-R dot O-R-G, and uh, check out. We have a lot of great stuff on there, but you can check out and sign up for my newsletter, which you get each and every day. Talk about the media. Um, yeah. So. You write a newsletter every day, five days a week, seven days five a week? Five days a week, man, Monday through Friday. So wow, like I, don't, I, I need to figure out what I'm going to do Sunday. Hopefully I can write early so I can finish that finish up before game time because i'm usually working sunday night so oh so you work sunday night so it has a monday news so it has some comes out monday morning right? would you so. include the uh super bowl in any way yeah if something form? happened yeah if something in terms of like media or whatever is or, biden you know. doing a pregame interview like presidents I'm, have done in the past you know what presidents have, i haven't i need to, i should look that up if he is i mean typically i haven't heard they, that but it doesn't mean typically he isn't. they Right, I know, and I don't they know. They usually do appear. It's usually taped a couple days prior, too. So. Usually, yeah, they usually tape it like on a Friday, and then they'll – and then typically they run a pregame and then um, and then run a fuller interview on whoever whoever has whoever has the the, uh, the the game that year. So this year it's CBS, so you would assume it would be Nora O'Donnell or Margaret Brennan or somebody like that if they end up, if they end up doing it. It's uh, great to be with you. Education. He hasn't done. He hasn't done. Uh, Biden hasn't done a a sit down. That was majority interview Bush, yet. Yeah. No, he hasn't. One on one. One on one. You say he hasn't done much can... yet as far as public appearances. 
No, I mean, well, he's made. I mean, he's a couple appeared. speeches, but not. And he's appeared like he signed executive yes, orders. No, a lot of orders. no interviews. No interviews. Yeah. No, but he's provided his no, no one-on-one interviews, right? And he's but he's provided like he's made his communications team available pretty much every day. Like, Jen Saki's up Jen there Saki's two hours out a there day. Every day. Yeah, and COVID teams out there two or three times a week. So. Yeah. So anyway, yeah, that's what I'm working on. I'm guessing, but, and I'll let you go on this, but I'm guessing that the press that you talk to, right? You talk to a lot of national correspondents, CBS yeah. News, all the big wigs, Katie Kirk, whatever. Mm-hmm. Blah, blah, blah. Um, they have to be thrilled. And again, I'm not trying to impugn the last administration, but if you do what they do, right? They cover the White House, they cover the White House. The way this administration is approached with Jen Psaki, with, with all the, with the traditional news conferences every day, that's got to be a huge boom for them, right? I mean, I mean, no? or is it just like eh, enough of the PR? No, no. I think I think people I think people like the calmer tone that's being set right, right. now. I mean, but I mean access, these... access to somebody, right? Or, or is it better to just to go behind the scenes and it doesn't really matter? In other words, are those are those overrated? Is that that's obviously for the American people too? They, they televise these things, but like, do reporters benefit from a nationally televised press conference every day? Yeah, I think so. It, it, it'd be no different than, like, do you like getting Bruce Arians every day? Hell yes. So, Although, if you told me that I could only get them myself, on my own accord, I might come out ahead. Right. You know what? But, there is that, like, where you just, like, you know, go rogue and go on your own and then you get better information. Yeah, but I think in these situations, I mean, obviously, you're you're not going to get the president every day. No, and, true. And but, so, you might, but you might get his... his press secretary they weren't holding press conferences right and i think people don't realize so and this is in during non-covid times covid's changed things quite a bit yeah it has. but um but it was not unusual for whoever the press secretary is to talk to the media at or outside his or her office from time to time in a or scrum in scrums or to have sort of one-on-one interviews here and there just or sometimes just off not a Sort of background conversations. Just say, right. you know, There's hey, you might want to. What name am I searching for? And that's not quorum. It's, uh, uh, what do you call it? Like scrum. Gaggle. Media yeah. gaggle. Yeah. I mean, that, that, ha- and even back not at the, the time when gaggle. like Sarah Sanders was criticized for not holding enough news conferences when she was Trump's White House press secretary, she would quite often meet with the media outside her office. Um, I'm and cool so with that. she was available most days. Mm-hmm. So, Kaylee McEnany, not so much. But COVID changed. COVID's changed all that. So yeah, I mean, yeah. People aren't actually physically uh, walking in offices as much anymore. So. Right. And it can allow as many people in there. It's interesting. Yeah. Just so, so, check it out. Check out uh, Tom's newsletter. You can get that on porter.org. And we will uh, talk to you after the Super Bowl. Tommy, where are you going to be at the parade? Uh, I'll, I'll be right up front, man, wearing a Buccaneer face paint and everything. In, are you in Kansas City or in Tampa? Because I'm not sure. I thought you picked the. Well, I can't. Yeah, I can't say. So <laughs> <laughs> you put me on a spot. I missed and, the last parade. I was in Hawaii. Somebody had to go to the Pro Bowl. So well, somebody had to go to the Pro Bowl. Actually, in Hawaii. I, I was going on vacation, and then after they won, it was like, "Hey, great man, minds think alike. You mind covering the Pro Bowl for us?" And I said, "Sure, pay for my hotels." So if the Pro Bowl had been in Orlando that year, you would, you still would have been in Hawaii. Correct, because <laughs> I asked before we went to San Diego, knowing Hawaii. Well, you didn't was a think they short... were going to the Super Bowl, right? Nobody thought they were. going No, to the I did Super think Bowl. they were going to the Super Bowl. I thought they would want me to go to the Pro Bowl. There were like seven Pro Bowlers that year, and I said, 
well, they're off. The NFL was begging people to go to the Pro Bowl. They were offering like, you know, five hundred dollar flights from San Diego to, and then like the hotels that were normally like two fifty or like a hundred dollars. And I was like, well, this is too good to take up, whether I covered it or not. And so I volunteered. I said I'm going regardless because I figured even if they lose, we'll want to write about them, right? Like the next thing, there'll be six players over there. And then I was told after the game, no, just enjoy your vacation. And then I got woken up at 5 o'clock in the morning, and I was told, oh, great, man, stink of light. We need to cover the Pro Bowl. It's going nuts over here. We can't get enough information. It's like, oh, great, you just ruined a good vacation. But anyway, I digress, as they well, say. Well, no Pro Bowl to worry about this year, So you can go, and, and no Hawaii, I guess. You no, have to wait till well, not, yeah, certainly not, not on this company. No, we won't, be going, we won't be going to Hawaii. There's no reason to go. There's no Pro Bowl over there. You're right. It was going to be true. in Las Vegas, and it was virtual, and we had one player. But – Super Bowl will be nice. We'll see what happens. Hopefully the weather's good, and uh, we will see if Nostra Thomas has picked your Super Bowl champion, Kansas City Chiefs. Kansas City Chiefs. Chiefs. Everybody in Tampa Bay is rejoicing (laughs) at my pick. Absolutely. Hide your number. See you, Tom. All right. Talk to you next week. All right. right, Before we get out, our thanks to Tom Jones. As always, hey, the Tampa Bay Lightning won their, what is it, third straight now? Five to one? Yeah, they're six one and one on the season, so they've gotten 13 points out of a possible 16. It's impressive. Uh, and that is now 18 straight games that they've gotten a point against the Red Wings. They are 17-0-1 in the last 18 years. That's And that streak began five years ago yesterday. So for the last five years, they have not lost in regulation to the Red Wings. They are 17-0-1. I mean, Detroit's not very good. They're rebuilding, right? Stevie Eiserman's back up there. You give they've some been rebuilding there. for years. That's part well, of the problem. Know, and, but- now, Eiserman has not been up there that whole time. Um, yeah, you know, he's been there what two two years now. Second so. year, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you know, give him a little time. Yeah, I mean, but. you know, but uh, you know, the, and and you know, we had talked to uh, through the lighting. We talked to the the Red Wings play by play guy, and you know, the biggest problem is they've missed on a lot of draft picks the last few years. Mm. Uh, I'm not sure the last two years, but I mean prior that they've had some high draft picks and they've missed on them. Yeah, uh, can't you know, do when, that. When you're drafting high, you've got to get stars. You've got to get players that are, they don't have to be Hall of Famers per se, but you got to get players that are going to contribute and give you big time minutes in, in production. And, you know, the, the Red Wings have missed on some, so it's kind of slowed that rebuild down. Well, good for the Lightning because this is what you have to do to bad teams. You know, you mm-hmm. don't want to slip up against them. And um, they're playing, the Lightning's playing really, really well. The more they play, I mean, they, they went so long between games. Mm-hmm. It's been such an uneven season for them that I think getting some kind of rhythm here. Um, we know they're talented as hell, so it's a good start, 6-1-1. One, and one. Yeah, they'll play the Red Wings again tomorrow night at Amelie Arena, and then they go on the road uh, next week. So, Yeah, and then the Rays, are, are they're packing up their stuff and headed to Port Charlotte. Yeah, right? the equipment's heading down to Port Charlotte. Spring training's going to start here in another, you know, it. officially another week or so, but I'm sure a lot of the players will be there early and starting to work out. And I can't believe it. Yeah. I can't believe it. I mean, I'm ready for baseball, but I just – Man, I hope we get to see fans, you know, and and uh, we get past all this stuff maybe by the middle of summer or whatever. Um, I saw where they're uh, interested. They, did I see where they're interested in Ozuna? Is that was that a report that's out there? It could be done. I mean, I think they time. would. I, I'm guessing his number's going to be a little high, but yeah, um, you know, hey, the Rays are all look always looking for you know guys that can add to the team. I mean, you know, they'll ask on anybody. Doesn't mean. They'll come here. Yeah, it's all got a value on everybody, but uh, they're they're definitely not done. They'll make a bunch of deals between now and the start of the regular season for sure. This segment is brought to you by Moffitt Cancer Center. Moffitt is a proud partner of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Call one eight 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 
Moffitt, M-O-F-F-I-T-T. Tomorrow we'll have a guest, uh, a writer from the Kansas City Star. He covers the Chiefs, Herbie Tepe. We'll talk about uh, that side of the Super Bowl 55, the AFC champions. And uh, we'll also have our preview of Super Bowl 55. We'll give you the keys to the game, what we think is going to happen, predictions, all that stuff. Take it to the bank. Take it to Vegas. I haven't picked the Bucks the last two weeks. If you want me to pick them now, you're crazy. I can't do it. <laughs> you don't want me to do it. So I'm going to tell you in advance, don't expect me to pick the Bucks because to do that would mean that if they then, if they then, you know, if I picked them and they lost, I would somehow be blamed for this. And I don't want to be blamed for this. So, but we will give you all that tomorrow uh, on the podcast. Make sure you join us here. Thanks for listening. Uh, for Steve Verstink, I'm Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times. Have a great day, everybody. 